Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Welcome to NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Wheelan Engineering here on the Motor Racing Network. It was a busy week and a half or so of racing down in Florida. Uh, Kyle, you were down there. Your week almost ended. Well, it did end actually on Monday with the Daytona 500 ending after midnight. Uh, you got to experience it all. Did you get over to the short track, though, first and foremost? No, no, I did not because of the condensed schedule and the, the schedule at the big track. And racing about every night, we were not able to get to the short track. Thankfully, I had track pass on my phone and was able to dial it up every night and, uh, and watch all the action over there. But, uh, yeah, it was a busy, long speed week, um, long as in the sense of we dodged rain, I think, every day. We either woke up to it or went to bed to it, but somehow, some way, everything got in on the scheduled day. Yeah, there was multiple times throughout the week I was watching the radar from here in North Carolina thinking there is no way you guys are going to race, specifically Saturday when the Arkham Menard Series race was scheduled to race, uh, poured, torrential downpour is what I was watching happen. And they still somehow, yeah, I saw your Facebook Live videos. They still somehow got that track dried, prepped, ready to go. The Arkham Menard Series teams were able to qualify earlier on in the morning, and you guys still took the green flag at the slated scheduled time. I mean, I was thoroughly impressed with that as well as Sunday, obviously the six-and-a-half-hour red flag which eventually you guys got the whole daytona 500 in as well which i don't think any of us were really banking on that to be totally honest with you uh, it wasn't a six and a half hour delay it was only five hours and 40 minutes okay <laughs> but it felt like about eight hours <laughs> but the only thing that we lost all week and i'm not sure how was two practice sessions the nascar cup series on saturday uh, between arca qualifying in the morning and the arca race at what two at two thirty in the afternoon it was supposed to be a couple of practice sessions for the uh, the NASCAR Cup Series mixed in there. Final preparations for the Daytona 500. Those were scrapped. And uh, other than that, that is all we lost all week. So uh, yeah. kudos to the track drying crew and the entire team at Daytona International Speedway. Yeah, absolutely. They kept those uh, jet dryers busy both at the big track and obviously keeping the short track as well over at New Smyrna. But we'll talk about the results, your World Series champions, a little bit later on. But the Lucas Oil 200 was on Saturday for the Arc Menard Series. That kicked off their schedule. Corey Heim ultimately taking the victory, uh, but not without a couple incidents. And that's what we expect here at Daytona, uh, Kyle. But Derek Griffith obviously had a pretty good shot at it as well, making his debut with Venerini Motorsports, uh, involved in an incident there. A couple other drivers as well having some issues, uh, ultimately ending in Corey Heim being at the right place including Gracie Trotter, who led her first laps of her Arkham Menards career at Daytona. That had to be a thrill. Same thing for Derek Griffith. Unfortunately, there was a bump draft gone bad in turn three between Gracie, who was second, and Derek, who was the leader, and, and Derek went spinning off of turn number four, collected a few other cars. Um, I felt bad for Gracie because, you know, she, there was a lot of social media uh, talk about, about that incident, but I think people forget that that was one of, seven 
or eight multi-car incidents during the course of the week, including on lap 15 of the Daytona 500 between some of the best drivers in the world. So, you know, I mean, mistakes are made, and I would expect it to be made in the Arkham Menards race because there are so many young kids. Uh, I think the average age of the front row is like 18 or 19 years old. Um, that had never raced in those conditions before. In the draft at 100, and, and I think the, the ARCA cars were going 182, 184 miles per hour, which, you know, a lot of all these young kids coming from the short tracks that are used to going 75, 80, 85 miles per hour, uh, big jump. And, you know, there's a lot, lot of learning to be done. And I think there were a lot of lessons learned on Saturday. Yeah, we talked to Brittany Zamora last week previewing it. Unfortunately, Brittany uh, didn't have the best of luck involved in an incident early on in the race. That car ultimately overheating, so her night was ended early. But she even said that going into the race. She goes, half of the field here has never drafted, let alone drafted in large groups for, you know, over three or four laps like they did in the Daytona practice session. So add all of that together, the conditions of having a green racetrack with all of the rain that came beforehand. There was a lot of learning that took place during the Lucas Oil 200. And fortunately, they go to other super speedways where I think you're going to see someone like Gracie Trotter get another chance at being up front and hopefully have had learned from those mistakes. But like you said, that's what the Arkham Menard series is for, uh, making those mistakes, learning how to do that. But uh, Corey Heim apparently learned from the best of them after winning the season closer last year in 2020 and kicked the season off with a win. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we're going to dial up the Lucas Oil 200 winner Corey Heim and talk about the victory. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Whelan also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on-site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 19. Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast. This past weekend, we talked about it at the beginning of the show. The Arca Menard Series kicked off their season at the high banks of Daytona International Speedway. One driver who ended the season on a win last year started this year off with a win as well. That driver being Corey Heim, who joins us now. Corey, first off, congratulations on that win. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on here. Pretty exciting uh, uh, situation for it. Ultimately coming on with Venerini full-time here for 2021. Start the season off with a win. Is that something you guys had expected to do, or was that just kind of a luck of the draw in Daytona? Yeah, I mean, you go into every race with the Venerini Motorsports team expecting a win. I think those guys have had a lot of, uh, a lot of success there in the past at Daytona. And, um, you know, we really didn't expect much less than a win there. I know we got three of their good teammates just to help me out there at the end and uh, came home to win. Just, what, 18 years old, I think, last July. Um, this is your first Super Speedway event. Um, what is that, those first few laps like? Obviously, you, you went a couple weeks ago, you tested, you got to see the racetrack for the first time as a driver. But what are those opening laps like in the pack? two by two at speeds over 180 miles per hour. Yeah, it's honestly pretty surreal. You know, you grow up watching those uh, Daytona 500 races and the Coke Zero 400 each year. And, um, you know, it looks uh, it looks a little bit more easy on TV than it is in real life for sure. But uh, just growing up watching those cup drivers go out and do it and do it at a high level, 
uh, and then to be able to do it yourself um, at a, I would say a pretty high level with 36 cars out there. Um, it's, it's very surreal. It's awesome to be out there. It's definitely harder than it looks. You'd mentioned working with the powerhouse of Veneriti Motorsports. Obviously, we've seen them collect their fair share of wins, championships in the Arca Menard series. Uh, you won that season closer last year, and that was just a handful of races that you did in the Arca Menard series before previously competing for Chad Bryant. Would it be safe to say that that win somewhat secured a spot for you this year for the full com campaign with Venerini? Yeah, um, I think last year, you know, we had a pretty decent season other than a little bit of bad luck along the way. So um, I definitely knew I wanted to come back full time with those guys. And it just kind of depended on the, what Toyota wanted to do and what Veneri Motorsports believed in me. And uh, fortunately enough, we closed the, closed the season off with the win and um, they believed in me enough to bring it back for a full year. Hannah and I talked about the incident involving Derek and Gracie midway through the race the other day. Uh, collected a bunch of cars. They were battling for the lead one-two, a bump draft gone wrong. How close were you to that incident? Um, to be honest with you, I'm not sure how close those red cars got to me, but um, I just listened to my spotter and he told me to go as high as I possibly could. So I pretty much went up to the wall and uh, all I could really see is smoke. So um, I'm sure they got pretty close as far as the people scattering around trying to miss Derek, but um yeah i don't think it was uh super close but i definitely uh had an experience with you know a complete smoke smoke uh cloud shield there throughout the turns three and four so uh, i was a little bit sketchy but we got through and your team at venerini this year includes you know gracie trotter Derek griffith was running this past weekend also drew dollar two of them on the front row as well as yourself so you've got a relatively rookie class here with venerini but uh, again, working with one of the best teams in the Arca Garage, what is it like the rapport between you and your teammates as well as just the team at Venerini? Yeah, I think Venerini does a really good job of kind of bringing all of our teammates together. Um, you know, we're one of the few teams with a full uh, four-car lineup there. So having those other teammates, you definitely got to learn how to get along with them, whether you like them or not. So, uh, but they do a really good job with that. I think I got along with them really good. And uh, a couple of us worked together pretty well throughout the race there. So. Um, yeah, like I said, I mean, it's a little bit different having a four, four car team with Chad Brown and I had one teammate and now I have uh, three others. So, um, definitely a little bit different, but I don't mind one bet that ended up helping me out. So you won the season finale at Kansas last year. You win the season opener here in Daytona. What's your confidence level like now going into the rest of the season, including at the Phoenix Raceway here in just a couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, I really had a lot of confidence coming into the season. So, uh, just that. The win to start the season um, really gives me a lot of confidence going into Phoenix, as you mentioned. Um, and, you know, we got almost a month off until that point. So I can definitely sit on it a little bit and definitely enjoy the win. Um, you know, and as soon as, you know, June, July hits in the summertime, we start going back to back to back. So it's definitely nice uh, being able to sit and enjoy it a little bit. And, um, you know, we, we won Kansas, like you said, as the season closer last year. So got a little bit of a break from that race today, Daytona too. So uh, it's definitely nice having a little bit of time off just to reflect on it and enjoy it. But, um, yeah, you're right. It does give me a lot of confidence going into Phoenix. And with this win kicking the season off, um, have your goals changed for what 2020 and what you're looking to accomplish there or are your goals the same? Uh, I think our goal is the same. I mean, we're going to go and try to win every race. Um, I know it's going to be pretty much impossible to do so, but uh, I really believe in my team. and We're going to take it week by week, and uh, there's no reason we can't go out and win just about every race this year. So, um, you know, I, I have a really good team behind me, a lot of smart people in the Venerian Motorsports camp, and uh, we're going to take it week by week, as I said, and just uh, see what we can do.
just a couple of days now removed from the race on Saturday afternoon, right before the NASCAR Xfinity Series race. What have these last three days been like for you as a Daytona winner in the Arkham Menard Series? That must be pretty special. Yeah, it's definitely starting to sink in, you know, watching, uh, growing up watching those guys, like I mentioned earlier, just growing up and watching uh, some of my favorite drivers on the Daytona 500. And um, you just kind of imagine what could it possibly feel like to win at Daytona. And, you know, now I have the, the chance, uh, I got the chance to go out and do it and, and win the race. And it feels amazing. I mean, um, you know, they call it the, uh, what do they call it? The uh, World Center Racing for a reason. Sorry, I stumbled on my words a little bit there, but they, they call it the World Center Racing for, for a reason. And just to be able to win there is pretty, Pretty amazing, and hopefully we can go back and do it again next year. You mentioned Phoenix uh, a month away. You finished eighth there last year, so you have experience at that racetrack. Uh, you excited to get back there? Yeah, we actually ran a lot better than uh, eighth place for most of the day. We ran second for just about the entire race, and uh, we um, driver error at the end of the race, and they got in the wall a little bit. We ended up finishing eighth, as I mentioned. So. Um, if we can go out and, you know, repeat the performance that we had last year and maybe be a little bit better, I think we can definitely go out and compete for the win. Um, and, you know, each year that track's going to change. It's definitely different every time we go to Phoenix. So I uh, just got to be in my A game, and I think we'll have a really good run. Well, Corey, we're looking forward to definitely watching you in the Arkham and series. But before we let you go here, I have one final question for you. What is going on with the wall behind you? I'm trying to figure out if it's like some <laughs> ocean or what we got going on here. So, uh, yeah, I'm actually at the Toyota Performance Center right now where I work out. And this is pretty much like a reaction time thing. And all these little, like, black circles, it'll light up. And then you have to put your hand uh, right on the black dot. And then it'll basically switch from one light to another. So you can kind of get a little bit better reaction time. And then we just got another little TV out there somewhere uh, where you can speed up your reaction time as well. So, yeah, I mean, Toyota's got all these little tools and assets to kind of get you, um, you know, trained up for whatever you possibly need. Man, Toyota always being innovative and getting the next generation and current drivers to be the best they can. Well, Corey, again, congratulations. Looking forward to watching you this up and coming season. Uh, enjoy the week or so of being a Daytona winner before we get ready to head to Phoenix. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Again, that was Corey Heim, the Lucas Oil 200 winner this past weekend at Daytona for the Arc Menard Series. We're going to take a quick break, but you're going to hear more of your wheel and engineering, wheel and modified tour spot. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to no racing fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Spotlight.
Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Whelan also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on-site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 19. 19- Time now for this week's Wheel and Engineering Modified Tour Spotlight as we highlight one of the Modified Tour drivers this week on NASCAR Coast to Coast. And we're going to talk to a driver that has been able to capture a couple of wins over the last two seasons, has over 70 Modified Tour starts. Talking about the driver known as the Lutz Cracker, Craig Lutz joins us. Craig, welcome to this week's Wheel and Spotlight. Hey, Kyle. Thanks for having me on. First off, uh, we've talked about 70-plus starts in the Modified Tour dating back to 2014. So uh, you've been around the Tour for quite some time. What got you started, though, in motorsports all those years ago, even before you even thought about the Modified Tour? Uh, It was my dad. Uh, My dad was was racing Charger cars at Riverhead, which is kind of like a street stock in Connecticut. And... um, Every, every weekend, every Saturday, we would go, uh, me and my three brothers, we'd all go to the racetrack and watch them race. And then as soon as me and my older brother were old enough at five, we started racing go-karts. So uh, from there, just kept on escalating and then eventually ending up on the tour. What brought you the modified route? Um, it was just always a dream of me and my dad, you know, uh, the modified tour in the Northeast is, you know, the biggest, best division out there. So, you know, you always want to race against the best and be the best. So uh, the tour is where we uh, wanted to be. Growing up uh, before you got to the modified tour, who were some of your, your racing heroes as a kid? Teddy Christopher, you know, he was always my, uh, always a guy I loved watching, you know, from going to Atlantic city, watching on indoors and, just all the different cars you'd win in and uh, always aggressive and uh, always, always puts on a show. You debuted on the modified tour in 2014. What do you remember about that first start? It was actually the first time I ever drove a tour car in general. I, we've been running SKs at Waterford at the time and uh, the, the tour was coming to Waterford. So I was able to put a deal together with uh, Jimmy Zacharias and uh, we actually went all the way upstate, picked the car up, set it up, and really had no idea what we were getting into. And I think we qualified somewhere in the top 10 somewhere. And we were like, oh, my God, you know. Now, it was 160 laps. That was 161. I think it was like the Mr. Reuter 161, something like that. And um, I ended up – we ended up breaking something like lap 60s. But uh, it was just an overwhelming feeling, you know, just the the difference – and the power compared from an SK to a tour car. So definitely a, a cool learning experience, though. And five years later, you were able to pick up that first win at the end of the 2019 season at the Stafford Motor Speedway, holding off Justin Bonsignor and Doug Kobe second and third. What will you remember most about that first win? It was just that year at Stafford, it was, we raced there three times, and we had a shot to win almost – the, the first two times 
you know, the, the spring scissor, we were really close, you know, it was a tight battle between Doug Kobe and me and um, felt like that one slipped through my hands a little bit. Being still have it one race, it, you know, it takes to lose one to win one, but um, to finally win one at the fall final and one of the biggest races of the year and at Stafford, which is such a demanding place was uh, definitely huge. And finally, what's life like away from the racetrack for you? And, and how hard is it to, to break away from racing um, when we hit the off-season months of, of November, December, January, and, and sometimes for some of the guys, February? Yeah, I mean, uh, luckily enough, I, I'm able to take the time off for work. I work for my dad's family business, our family business doing uh, construction work, so... But, um, you know, it's usually working from 7 to 3.30 every day. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, I go up to the reshop and help the guys try to get the car ready for the week, the upcoming weekend. And then um, depending where we're racing, it's Friday, Saturday, traveling home Sunday, or and then it's right back to work Monday. So it's uh, definitely a busy eight months of the year between February all the way to, you know, October. It's, it's a lot. but uh, nothing I'd rather do. You know, we, we do it because we love it. Absolutely. Three-time winner on the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. Those two, three wins coming over the last two seasons. Craig Lutz, thanks for joining us on this week's Wheel and Engineering Modified Tour Spotlight. Thank you. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Whelan also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on-site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 19. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast. We talked about it at the beginning of the show. 
World Series at New Smyrna Speedway finally wrapped up on this past Saturday. Nine nights of racing at the short track down below Daytona Beach. Uh, it was a busy one for pro late model, super late model drivers, as well as tour type modified drivers. And we uh, caught you guys up to speed last week on uh, NASCAR Coast to Coast on the winners up until that Tuesday. But continuing on Wednesday in the super late model, it was uh, Dan Frederickson getting the win. Again, he was very excited. One of my favorite interviews of the week. Uh, in the Pro-Late model, it was Nick Panziki, And in the Modifieds for the John Blewett III Memorial, Ryan Priest taking the win after qualifying his way into the Daytona 500, Matt Hirschman, and Patrick Emerling. On Thursday, it was Derek Griffith collecting yet another win out at Speed Weeks. In the Pro-Late model, it was Cody Swanson getting his first win behind the wheel of a stock car. And in the Modifieds, it was Matt Hirschman. Friday in the Pro-Late model, it was Steven Nassio over Jet Nolan and Casey Johnson. In the Modifieds for the Richie Evans Memorial, Matt Hirschman, John McKennedy, and Anthony Nocella finally rounding out Speed Weeks on Saturday evening for the Super Late Models was the Orange Blossom 100, where Steven Nassi collected the win over Jesse Love and Sammy Smith. Uh, uh, finally, we crowned some champions. It seemed like they were racing down there for a month, Kyle. Obviously, you were down there for <laughs> most of it, but we did crown some champions uh, from World Series. We did. First of all, though, you mentioned Dan Fredrickson. I believe in the Super Late Models, that was his first win at New Smyrna since 2002. I think it had been 19 years since his last win at the World Series of Speedway Racing. It was a great interview on Wednesday night. It was a big night because Ryan Priest also went over to the, big, the, the little track after qualifying uh, at the big track. Started last in the tour-type modified race, 37th, I believe and drove his way to the front of the field for the win. You mentioned champions. Matt Hirschman uh, picked up the, the final two nights of racing for the Modifieds and yet another New Smyrna title for Matt. And uh, Derek Griffith picked up the second consecutive championship for the Super Late Models, and he is only the fourth driver to pick up consecutive Super Late Model championships. Hannah, do you know the other three? I do not know the other three. Enlighten me, They're Kyle. Big. They're big names, and they all happened way before you were born. In oh, fact, well. one of them happened before I was born. Uh, <laughs> Pete Hamilton won the Super Late Model Championship there in 1974 and 75. Junior Hanley won the Super Late Model Championship there in 80 and 81. And Dick Trickle in 84, 85, and 86 won three consecutive World Series Super Late Model Championships. And now Derek Griffith adds his name to that list. Yeah, the last one of those groups was 10 years before I was born, Kyle. So, yeah, you know, I try to was. be up on my racing knowledge, but sometimes it literally just precedes me that I can't keep up on it <laughs> entirely. Um, but I will say some of my favorite content actually to come out of Speed Weeks, uh, aside from the great interviews and some of the storylines that we followed, was the modified guys. Again, we had a great field of modified starting the, the season off or starting the week off down at New Smyrna. Uh, Doug Kobe got taken out early, and Justin yeah. Bonsignor drove down to, or went down to New Smyrna without a race car. So you know that that just ensued with plenty of content on Twitter as those two just wreaked havoc on the grandstands. It was some of my favorite stories to follow. It was just those two being Doug Kobe and Justin Bonsignor would not being behind a race car. I think that's more dangerous is having them not behind a race car because they just in the turn, yeah, heckling, yeah, turn three. <laughs> On Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday nights, because Doug, I think, wrecked pretty hard the Tuesday night coming off of turn four, and that ended his week. So um, he was not able to participate in some of the big events for the Modifieds. But still, uh, the last night of the, the week on Friday, 34 cars took the green flag. So um, a lot of late nights, some carnage, uh, but I think a majority of the teams got away unscathed. And uh, now we're back up north preparing for 
all the tours to begin up here and what will be a bit a busy modified summer. Yeah, obviously a little bit more time around the East Coast here, um, as well as even on the West Coast before we really kick off any of our local seasons. You mentioned it, Kyle, though. Uh, the Arkham Menard Series does head to Phoenix with the Arkham Menard Series West, as well as NASCAR's uh, National Touring Divisions in a couple weeks uh, for the beginning of February, or the beginning of March, right, is when they go? Yep. Or February 27th? Is it the first week of March? Okay. I think it's the first week of March. Somewhere around there. I bet they, I think the Arca East does go to Five Flag Speedway in just two weeks. Yep. So we're slowly starting to get a season underway. Um, and I think these, these car counts that we've seen are going to be something to follow. I mean, we've got people that want to go racing this year. So I think our car counts are going to be in- increased, Kyle. Yeah, uh, car counts, obviously a big story at New Smyrna. 30-plus super late models, 25 to 28 pro late models, the average 42 tour type modifieds. Um, a good sportsman field, a good Florida modified IMCA field. Um, so the short tracks down in Florida, as we have seen on both dirt and asphalt, uh, very healthy here in the month of February. I expect to see that throughout the summer months all over the country as tracks uh, begin to open up here, um, probably beginning this weekend. Uh, every region, depending on the weather, every region going to open up some, uh, some short, short tracks. And in New England, it'll be, what are we, two months away. Well, as Mother Nature at the current moment continues to wreak havoc all across the country and out right now, we first want to tell all of our friends and uh, racing family to stay safe over the next week or so. I know it's getting cold in a lot of parts of the country, so make sure you're uh, staying safe, bringing those pets inside, staying safe on the roads as well, because we want to see you at a racetrack this year sometime. So until then, we want to send you guys a thank you as well for hanging out here today with us on NASCAR Coast to Coast. For myself and Kyle Rickey and producers Craig Moore, we will see you guys next week here on NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Wheel and Engineering.